I appreciate Damien uh, filling in for those that are not able to lead singing, uh, doing a good job with that. And uh, we're, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11 tonight, and I know we're not in 1 Kings like we have been normally on Sunday nights, but uh, as I think most people here know, I wasn't supposed to preach tonight. I was supposed to have somebody, uh, one of my friends, they were going to be up here, uh, here in Maine, and I asked him to come preach, but unfortunately, uh, he has the flu, so he's unable to do that, so I got the text this morning at like 9.30 and said, hey, sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it, I'm sick, and he felt terrible, but there's nothing you can do, right, <laughs> when, you, when you're sick like that, uh, but it's funny, uh, I've, I've been preparing this message and, you know, writing some things about it, and I preached on Hebrews 11 before, but it's such a great chapter, and, and as I've been prepare, preparing this uh, over the last I don't know, it's been close to a month. I've had times where I thought, you know, I will, I'm going to preach it this time. I'm going to preach it this time. And it just didn't seem like it was the right time. And then uh, God showed me today that it's the right time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, why, why am I getting these things? Why am I getting these ideas? Why am I getting these thoughts? Why do I need, to, why am I being led to do this? And then he makes sense of it. So apparently the Lord wants us to talk about faith tonight. Uh, he wants us to look at Hebrews chapter 11. So that's what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, the, as far as the, the context and the background of this goes, most of you here probably know that this was written to the Jews. Uh, the recipients of this epistle, uh, they were being tempted to go back to their old ways, which of course were the ways of Judaism, and to put their faith and trust in Moses and the writer of this book, whoever it may be, maybe Paul, maybe somebody else, they uh, encourage these people to look to Christ. And by the way, that's a good thing to do at all times, right? Look to Christ. Uh, and the goal of the book, it seems to be to, to have these Jews place their confidence in Christ instead of dead works and perdition, which Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 talks about. Uh, but in this particular chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it's well known amongst believers. And we all know this to be called the faith chapter, or some people maybe call it the, the hall of faith, and it is one of my absolute favorite chapters in the Bible. Now, whenever we think of faith, a lot of times we think of saving faith. You know, the, the faith that allows us to have forgiveness from God, the faith that, that brings us to heaven thanks to that precious sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But we see that, we see that faith in Hebrews chapter 11, but we see uh, even a, a, a more different kind of faith. And it's a faith that moves people to action. It's a faith that causes people to do something. And the, the word faith in Hebrews chapter 11 alone is written 23 times. And that phrase, by faith, is written 16 times. Now, if you were to look up the, the meaning of this faith, or the meaning of faith in general, uh, based on the scriptures we're going to look at tonight, you'd find that the definition is this. It is a firm persuasion or a trust. Uh, it's been said that faith is an apprehension of a real fact that is not revealed in the senses. And what we're going to see tonight in Hebrews chapter 11 is that we will see several people that God specifically calls out and recognizes for their faith. And we're just going to go through as many as we can tonight and, and see the people listed and see how we can apply it to our life. Uh, and, you know, the ones that we're going to look at are people in the Old Testament. Uh, but before we really get to this, uh, we need to understand that it takes faith to live the Christian life. You know that? For one, it takes faith to be a Christian in general, for starters. But it takes faith to live the Christian life. And you should be, tonight, you should be living your life by faith. Now you might, 
I mean, you might wonder, well, what are some actions that require faith? Man, there's a lot of things that require faith that we must do. You know, it takes faith to share the gospel with somebody. It takes faith to do what Chris did when he was watching that football game. It takes faith to invite somebody to church. It takes faith to give sacrificially. It takes faith to follow and obey God. It takes faith to read the word of God and choose to obey it. It takes faith to do that which goes against our nature. It takes faith for a church to move forward and to get things done for Christ. And we're going to see this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It tells us that it takes faith to please God. Listen, faith is important. God dedicates a whole chapter of the Bible to talk about faith. So it's important. But I want you to know that what faith isn't. Faith is not blind optimism. It's not. It's not being foolish. Uh, Warren Worsby said that true Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. And again, faith is so important as he sets aside this whole chapter to, to talk about. And you may wonder, okay, well, why are we looking at this? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, this is where God wants us. But I do believe that it actually is appropriate for the season that we're in. It's good to be reminded that we need to have faith. Now, faith is simply the, the ability to trust God and to live it out. Now, listen, we need to understand what the object of our faith is. Think about that. What is the object of our faith? It's God. It's God. It's not uh, some God that's made by the hands of man. It's not some fallible being. Uh, uh, the object of our faith is not a man. It's not a person. It is God. And we're not talking about uh, putting our faith in some uh, weak human being, but rather the God that created everything. We're talking about the God that knows every one of us here by name. We're talking about the God of miracles that we read about in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He is the object of our faith. Amen. And look, the, the same God that we looked at Joshua several months ago, the same God that tore down the walls of Jericho, that's our God. The same God that uh, caused a flood and saved eight people. On the earth, that's our God. The same God of the New Testament where, where, when, who, who caused Jesus Christ to come down on the earth and did miracle after miracle after miracle. That is the God that we serve. The same God uh, that allowed Jesus Christ to, to take on uh, the, the wrath of Him, all of our sins upon Himself, so that we could be saved. It's that God. That's our God. And man, thank God for that. He's no difference. It's, that's our God. And my prayer this evening is that this study or this message from Hebrews 11 will strengthen your faith. And, and help you realize how powerful that our God is that we serve. And that you'll just allow these truths to grow your faith. And this is, faith is such a great topic to talk about. And it's, it's worth being reminded about. Because sometimes we can lack faith. I don't know about you, I, I am sometimes somebody that just likes to walk by sight. I like to trust in what I can see, but we're to walk by faith. Now, as I say, the, the key phrase of this chapter is by faith, and, and again, we're going to see this here, we're going to see it over and over again, and as we study this chapter tonight, I want you to just consider this, when was the last time that you did something by faith? You know, when was the last time that you stepped out and did something for God, that took 
faith. We're gonna, again, we're going to get through, through some of these verses and see how God can help us in the area of faith. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Look at verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the promises in your word. I just thank you so much for everything that you've given us. I praise you, Lord, that, that you are the object of our faith. And you are the Holy One. You are the one that we can count on. We can know that you're going to keep your promises and you're going to follow through with your word. I pray that tonight you will grow our faith as we look at the, the, the subject and as we go through uh, verse by verse in Hebrews, that you'll just help us and give us what we need this evening. Help us to grow in this area of faith and whatever you want us to do, Lord, as a church and as individuals by faith, I pray that you'll just help us to, to stop holding back and just do it. I pray you'll help us to be a people in a church that live by faith. And we praise you, Lord, for what you're going to do. I pray that you'll help me to say exactly what you want me to say tonight and stay true to the scriptures in your holy and precious name. Amen. So as you look here at verse 1, we see a very basic definition and a description of faith to start off the chapter. Uh, our faith in uh, that which is coming in the future, it will sustain us in the present. That's basically what we see here. And as believers, we do see glimpses of God in our life. Now again, faith isn't a blind optimism, but uh, it also is not an intellectual understanding. It is a willingness to trust in and a willingness to rely on and to cling to God, which is, by the way, someone that we have not seen. Look, none of us here have seen God. We, we haven't. But this verse, verse 1, it tells us that the, the, there is evidence for the existence of God and it causes us to believe in God. And though we have not seen God, the evidence of His existence creates that faith in our hearts. Now look, each one of us here, we believe in things outside of God that we have not seen simply because we've seen the results of it. A simple illustration that I like to use is the wind. You know, a couple weeks ago, you remember that big windstorm that we had? It blew branches all over our yard, like everywhere, like places that it should not be, everywhere. And there were branches everywhere, trees were down, uh, power lines were, were getting hit, and it, it was just a mess. Well, how'd that happen? Because the wind. But we don't see the wind, right? But we can see the results of it. We know that it exists because uh, of what it does, and, the, and we see the evidence of it, so we know it exists. We know the same goes for God. You can see the evidence of God. You can see the power of God in creation. You can sense His presence, and if you're a Christian, right? And you can feel His love. But likewise, you know, if God leads us as an individual or as, as a church to step out in faith, regardless of what we see with our eyes that we may have, uh, if God wants us to do something and He wants us to go out and do something by faith, then you can know that you're going to see His leading. You're going to see Him provide step by step. He's going to sustain us. He, he's going to give us confirmation. He's going to uh, continue to give us confirmation along the way as we walk by faith. Now, in addition to this, look again at verse 1. It says that faith is the substance. The, the word substance here. It means to stand under. It means to support. It, again, it sustains us. And, and really, faith is to a Christian what a foundation is to a house. It gives confidence and it gives assurance that it will stand. And this is why it's so important that we have faith and that we're constantly growing in our faith. 
Because when we have faith, it gives us confidence in God. It gives us confidence in His ability and who He is and what He has promised. And our, our foundation, the faith, it will stand because, again, the object of our faith is God who never fails. I want you to know tonight, church, that you can always count on God to keep His word. He will never, ever fail. Look at verse 2. It says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. This verse is simply expressing to us that those that came before us can testify of what faith can do. The elders of the Old Testament is who it's specifically talking about and those that it mentions later on. Uh, the fathers of the faith, they can give us a great testimony of what faith can do and how God can use it. And you know, there were many before us that we see in the Bible that had great faith and God used them to do great things because of it. And I think of many other more modern day examples too. You look at uh, people like George Mueller and uh, D.L. Moody and Andrew Murray, all men that lived their life by faith and they saw God do incredible things. But what the writer of, of Hebrews here is basically saying, he's saying, look, we have faith in God. And we should have faith in God. And, and he tells us that faith does wonderful things. And he says, just look at those who have gone before us. These people live by faith. And again, we can too because we serve the same God. Look at verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen... And we're not made of things which do appear. Uh, the, by faith, we see here that we can perceive that God created the world and everything in it. Again, this is the most basic faith. Uh, this is the, the, really the starting point of our Christianity. Is this the acknowledgement of the existence of God. Uh, but again, we've never seen God, but we know He exists in part by creation. And man, isn't creation just a beautiful thing? Isn't it a wonderful thing? I, I'm amazed and I marvel at times when I, I look at just some aspects of creation and, and to think that some people believe that there was just a big kaboom and, and there it is. No, it was God. God created it. God did that. And we know uh, that by faith, we know that God framed the world. He put it all together. And all the details within creation helps back up the truth of creation. And listen, church, tell me this. If God could frame the world, then what can't he do? What can't he do? He can do everything. There is nothing too hard for him. But faith, it helps us understand what God does and it helps us see what others can't see. And the Bible here, we're going to see, it goes on to mention specific people that obeyed God by faith. And no doubt as we read some of these people, you can guarantee that the, these faith-filled people, they had people in their day that they laughed and they mocked and they just thought they were foolish for stepping out by faith. But a life that is lived by faith is unlike those that live in the world. Uh, I, I, you all know that I'm pretty good friends with Pastor Todd Bell. We were down at his conference last month. I was down there. And, uh, man, his church, they're always going forward by faith. That's what he always says. Go, go forward by faith. Step out by faith. The church needs to be building something. We need to be going forward for Christ. And uh, he took us to these two buildings that they had just signed on for on that day. And uh, it was two very big buildings that they were going to use for their Christian school. It had a gymnasium, a, a whole bunch of rooms, and then this other building that used to be a place for nuns to sleep. And they bought it from the Catholic Church. And, and Pastor Bell, man, he was so excited about that. He was, he was pumped. He was like, man, the Catholics are losing ground, and Christians in Christ is gaining ground. And he was just pumped about it. Well, those two buildings together that they signed for cost 
$850,000. But they had prayed about it. They sought the Lord about it. And they believed God. And they said, by faith, God's going to provide. And you know what? Uh, every Sunday night, uh, he, he said that they have people, every Sunday night they meet before church and they, have, they, they are praying for a million dollars. That the Lord will provide a million dollars. They call it the million dollar club. And that's a good thing to start. A prayer time that God would provide. And look, if God's in it, he will provide and he will use the people of his church to provide it by faith. Now, many people would see that in the world and they would see people that are living by faith and they think, man, that's foolish. But again, that, that's just the way that they are. A life that is lived by faith, it's unlike the world. Again, the, the world tries to uh, live by sight. And that's just a natural tendency. But you know, there's people in the world... Today they may see you living by faith and, and, and think that you're foolish. You know, whether it's you going to church every week. That, that's, you live, that's part of you living by faith. Going to church. They may see you and say, man, there, there they go again. Those foolish Christians are going to church. Or it could be that we're seen as foolish when we do witness to somebody. And they may think that we're, we believe in some fairy tale. And they may mock us behind our back. Uh, or that we just will get mocked in general when we step up by faith. But... God rewards those that live by faith, and we're going to see that in this chapter as well. Look at verse 4. <clears throat> we're, going to start, we're going to begin going in a bunch of different places, uh, so just get ready for that. Look at verse 4. It says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So here we see... Uh, Abel here being mentioned as somebody that lived their life by faith. And let's go to that account in Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to go to several places in Genesis tonight uh, as it uh, relates to uh, what we're going to see in Hebrews chapter 11. And look at Hebrew, or Genesis rather, Genesis chapter 4. Look at verse 1. It says in Genesis 4, 1, and Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel's offering, or unto Abel unto his offering, look at verse 5, but unto Cain and to his offering... He had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Now, we, we're not going to read on, but we know uh, from this passage, uh, if we were to read on, that Abel got killed by his brother Cain. He was angry for what had happened. Uh, and this, the passage in Hebrews, it tells us that, that Abel gave his offering by faith, and it says that it was an excellent offering. That just means that it was a greater offering. And Abel, he gave an offering that was greater of a sacrifice than Cain's. And, and you know, it was what God wanted. That, that offering that, that Abel gave was the kind of sacrifice and the kind of offering that God wanted. And Cain's offering, of course, it consisted of the fruit of the ground, while Abel gave uh, the firstling of his flock. And the sacrifice that Abel gave, it was something that was truly a sacrifice, and it was the best of his flock. But Cain's offering, it just simply wasn't as great of a sacrifice. And he did not offer a greater sacrifice. And the reason that he did not is because he did not have great faith, but Abel did. And look, Cain knew what, what God wanted. 
Just like Abel. God was not going to leave, make this a mystery. And oh, just guess what I want. No, he would, they knew what he wanted. He knew what, uh, Cain knew what he wanted. But his heart was not right before God. And, and he did not have faith. And therefore, he didn't give it. And truly, as Abel, as he gave his offering, his, his heart was right before God. And Cain's was, Cain's was not. But, you know, this really goes to show us, church, that God cares about how we give. Do you know that? He cares about how we give. And this, this includes service. This includes worship. This includes giving tithes and offerings. He cares about the condition of our heart when we give offerings and tithes to Him. He cares about that. Uh, it is a form of worship, and uh, giving is worship to God. And the sacrifice that Abel made, it was worship to God. And the same with Cain's. But again, Cain's offering, uh, it actually qualified as a thanksgiving offering, while Cable's was a sacrifice that was supposed to uh, go to the account of sin. And truly, uh, his heart, the, the heart of Abel was right, uh, but the heart of Cain was not right, and neither was his offering as a result. Now, when I think about offerings, and I think of uh, having the right heart when I give an offering, I think of that widow in Mark chapter 12. Well, let's go there. Let's go to Mark chapter 12. And this widow, like Cain, or like Abel, was somebody that gave an offering by faith. And look at Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and behold how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came certain poor, a certain poor widow... And she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. Now, by the way, two mites was, was anywhere, a mite was anywhere between one to eight cents. It wasn't a lot. And look at verse 43. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in, their, uh, in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Hey, listen. The heart of this widow was right before God. And she gave all that she had. And here they were. The rich, they were giving in much. Um, they, they were not right before God. And we know that from the context of this passage, that they, these people that were giving in much, they did it for attention. They, they wanted to be seen of men. And by the way, if you do what you do to be seen of men, then you have your reward right there. But this widow, uh, she was not doing this for show. Uh, those that were casting in the abundance, they were doing it for recognition instead of worship to God, and it was a show. But this widow, she just, she humbly gave her all. And you know, there are those that, that may give in abundance, but they do it without faith. They just give in their abundance which is great for the advancement of the gospel as far as money is concerned, but God wants us to give by faith with a heart that is right with Him. And, and when we do this, we can believe and know that all things belong to God and He takes care of His children. And it doesn't matter uh, whether it, it is a dollar from a child or a, a, a certain amount of money from an adult. He can use it mightily. He can use it. And Christ, He had respect unto her offering, this widow, and it was even though it was a small amount, he gave, had more respect unto her offering uh, than he had for those that were giving in abundance because they did it with the right heart and they, she did it by faith. 
Now, just for as far as an application here goes, church, if God moves you to give and maybe you're scared because you don't know if you can afford it, just remember, God owns everything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all things. Matthew chapter 7 tells us that. And he takes care of his children. So if he leads us and he guides us to step out by faith and do something like that financially, then we can know that he's going to take care of us. Now, that's not to say that everybody in here has to give everything they have to the church. We're not going to go, you know, have some crazy big offering and say, everybody give your money to the church. No. But our motives for giving matter. So do we give with a heart that is right before God or... Do we give out of obligation? Do we give because we desire to worship God, or do we do it to make ourselves feel good? Hey, listen, God loves a cheerful giver, and he loves it when we give by faith. Now, I mentioned to some of the members, you're going to hear about it next week, but there are going to be times when we are going to, this coming year, we're going to ask the church to have, we're going to take up an offering and ask people here to give by faith. For that building project, for that land, whatever it may be, uh, we're gonna we're gonna ask you to do that. So listen, be praying about that. And if God moves you to give above and beyond your tithes, then do it. Don't be disobedient to God. Do what He calls you to do. But Abel in Hebrews eleven, he's commended here because his offering was given given by faith. And this widow, she's commended by Christ because she gave by faith. But could the same be said of us? Can God say that we give by faith and we're living by faith? Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And look at verse 5. Verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God hath translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now Enoch... He's not mentioned a lot in Scripture. He's only mentioned a handful of times in the Bible. Uh, he, he's, he has a really prominent appearance in Genesis chapter 5. And let's go there. Let's go look at Genesis chapter 5. And look at verse 22. Genesis chapter 5, start with verse 22. It says, and Enoch walked with God. And what a great testimony that is. After he begot uh, Methuselah 300 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And look what it says. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. So we see here from Genesis chapter 5 that God took him. and, And we're told that God translated him, which means that there was a sudden removal. He was, and Paul actually kind of mentioned this this morning in Sunday school, how uh, he was taken from one place and he was brought to another. It was a different context, but uh, that's the same idea. Enoch was brought from the earth and he was taken from the earth and he was brought to heaven to be with God. And he was translated, he was taken because he pleased God, as this verse says. He walked with God. And can you imagine being so in tune with God that God just says, you might as well just come up now. <laughs> can you imagine that? It's crazy. But what we can gather from this fact is, again, that it takes faith. It takes faith to daily walk with God. It takes faith to daily please God and to live for Him. So do we have enough faith to live for God? Do we have faith enough to daily walk with Him? Hey, look, it takes faith to daily have a walk with God. It takes faith to daily read the Word 
of God. It takes faith to daily pray to him. And if we do those things, if we read the word of God daily, if we pray daily, uh, if we live our life to please God because we love him, that is proof that we have faith in him. You know why? Because I'm not going to pray to a God that I don't have faith in. I'm not. I'm not going to read the Bible, which is God's word, uh, if I don't even believe and have faith in God, if I don't have confidence in him. But true faith, it really does take discipline, devotion, and diligence, and Enoch had that. But I, I want to make another, kind of another note here. You know, Abel, he lived by faith, right? Does the Bible tell us that? He lived by faith? Okay. Enoch also lived by faith. That's what the scriptures tell us, Hebrews chapter 11. But Abel lived by faith, and he suffered a very violent death, didn't he? Enoch lived by faith, and he didn't die at all. And you know what that shows us, church? That shows us that God has a different path for every one of his children as they live by faith. You know, faith does not equal prosperity and health and money and happiness. There's a lot of people that say, oh, well, if you're sick, then you don't have enough faith. So a lot of people in this church, you don't have faith because you've been sick and you're coughing. You don't have faith, right? <laughs> that, that people have that. But, but look, faith does not equal health, prosperity, and happiness, and money. It actually equals being obedient to God regardless of the earthly cost. That's what faith is. So to say otherwise is to say that the Bible is contradicting itself because Abel died a, a brutal and cruel and terrible death. But he still lived by faith. So really, we, we just need to understand that. To have faith, it means to just be obedient to God regardless of what, what may come. And to have faith, it pleases God immensely. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. And I've already referenced this verse here. But it says in verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is... And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is saying here that apart from faith, church, we cannot please God. The writer here doesn't say that it's difficult to please God without faith. He doesn't say, well, it's really hard to, to, to live your life without faith. No, it says it's impossible. And the writer uh, gives us examples of those that live by faith uh, and acted in faith and tells us we too should live by faith. And really nobody... And on this earth, no Christian can live without faith. Nobody can walk with God uh, without faith. We, we need faith to please Him. And likewise, church, listen, a church that operates without faith is a church that's not pleasing to God either. Listen, this church needs to operate by faith. That's one reason why we really push Faith Promise Missions. Because we want to make sure that this church is giving to the furtherance of the gospel. Not just in this town, but beyond. <laughs> Not just here, but beyond, around the world. And a church needs to be operating by faith. And look, faith is not just important in Hebrews chapter 11. It's all through the Bible. It's actually mentioned over 230 times. And it's, God displaces an extreme importance on it. Now, I just want to quickly tell you that there are several reasons that the foundation of faith is important. I've already mentioned part of it. For one, it takes faith to be saved. You know that? It takes faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 tells us that for by grace are ye saved through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And we already read Hebrews eleven six 6 that says that he that cometh to God must believe that he is. We must believe that he is the true and self-existing God. It takes faith in Christ to be saved. It's not of works. 
But also, it takes faith for the church to grow. Acts chapter 16, verse 5, it says, And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in numbers daily. It takes faith for the church to grow. It also takes faith for the Christian to grow. It takes faith to live the Christian life. As 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. It just takes faith in general to please the Lord. So we need faith. And truly, as Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 tells us, that he will prove himself to be a rewarder of those that diligently seek him by faith. And that includes rewards in heaven, and that also includes great things that he can do on earth. Look at verse 7. It says in Hebrews 11, verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not, yet, uh, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. I, I love the story of Noah, and you know, it's really hard to consider people that had great faith without thinking about Noah, isn't it? Man, he was a man of faith. Uh, he was a man that was warned by God of a great flood, and he built and he prepared that, that ark for 120 years, and, and Noah had never seen a flood before. And notice here it says that he had been warned of God of things that's not seen yet, and even still, despite that, he still obeyed God, and he did so cautiously with reverence. It says here that he moved with fear. He had true faith, and it caused him to take action. And listen, if you have real faith, it will bring about action. If we truly believe God and we truly have faith, we're going to move. We're going to do something about it. We're not just going to stand around and do nothing with it. It's going to cause us to move forward for Christ. And notice the word prepared here. Look at verse 7 again. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet uh, not seen as yet, moved with fear. And look what it says. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house. This took planning. Noah prepared uh, for this flood to come by faith. And again, he did this uh, without seeing a flood before. And this right here is probably, if you ask me, one of the greatest acts of faith. To be able to, to build a boat. When God tells you to build a boat for, in preparation of something you've never seen before. And we apply that to our lives in the area of faith in, in a couple different ways. I mean, Noah, what was he preparing for? He was preparing for the judgment of wicked men, wasn't he? He was preparing for judgment to come. And, some, and that prompts a good question for us tonight. Are we preparing for the return of the Lord by faith? Are we preparing for the judgment of the Lord by faith, by living our life in a way that is ready for His coming, for starters? But do you live your life as if God is coming back tomorrow? Do you live your life as if God is coming back uh, as somebody that's ready for his return? Matthew 25, 13 says, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Look, we don't know when he's coming back. I know there's some people that, that think that they can predict uh, when the Lord's coming back, but the Bible tells us that no man knows. No man knows. So if you, if you see on TV or you look on YouTube or social media that somebody's saying that such and such a time, this is happening, you need to turn it off and go read your Bible because it's not happening, okay? But we need to be living our life for Christ daily, knowing that he could come back at any time. We should be watching and living for Christ so that when he does come, we're not ashamed before him at his coming, as 1 John 2 tells us. But, but not just by living our life in a way that's ready for His coming, but also by warning others of the coming judgment of God. You know, that's what Noah did. 
the Bible doesn't specifically say that, that Noah preached and warned about the flood, but in 2 Peter 2.5 it tells us that it calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. So you can imagine that, uh, that Noah certainly would have been warning the people about this uh, coming judgment day in and day out, and that took faith. I mean, just imagine him building this ark and people walking by and asking him, Hey, Noah, what are you doing? And he says, Oh, I'm just preparing for this great flood that's going to come. And we're going to get on this boat. And, and they're like, what's a flood? It's like, well, you know, when a bunch of water just comes up and just kills everybody and they drown. Can you imagine what people would have thought of him? Can you imagine the mockery that would have taken place? It took, him to, it took faith for him to be a preacher of righteousness in this wicked time. But look, how is our faith? Noah had faith enough to live for God and to warn others of the coming judgment. But again, how about us? It takes faith. Let's look at just a couple more verses. Look at verse 8, Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 8. And this is another great, another great uh, truth, another great uh, man of faith. Verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And when he went out, not knowing whither he went, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him on the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's another great man of faith here, and that is Abraham. And we know from Genesis and what we just read here that God told him to depart. He said, hey, just follow my leading. Go where I tell you to go. And Abraham was to obey the will of God and to obey his leading wherever that, that would take him. And the focus, of course, is the promise of God and his plans for the nation of Israel. But let's go back to Genesis chapter 12 and see this. Genesis chapter 12. And we'll read a few verses here. In Genesis chapter 12, look at verse 1. This gives us the call of God to Abraham to go. It says in chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless him that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham, uh, and Abraham was seventy and five years old, uh, when he departed out of Haran. Now, this tells us here how the event between Abraham and God went down. And, I mean, can you imagine? Husband's telling your wife, hey, pack everything up and let's go. We're moving. Well, where are we moving? I don't know. How do you think that's going to go over? Hey, Sarah had to have faith too, amen? But by faith, Abraham did this. God told him to go, and he went. And listen, whatever God tells us to do, wherever he leads us, wherever he sends, we need to obey. And that went for Abraham, that goes for you, that goes for me, and that goes for this church. And by faith, Abraham went to a strange country. He didn't know where he was going, but he trusted in God enough, and he had faith to obey that God was going to take him where he, was going to, he wanted him to, and he was going to uh, fulfill the promises that he had made. And regardless of the uncertainty, it tells us he, he departed, he obeyed, and God promised to bless him if he would simply obey, and Abraham did do just that, and he went to a strange country. 
And it kind of, a good parallel, so it reminds us uh, of us. We're, we're dwelling in a strange country, aren't we? We're, we're just pilgrims passing through. We live in a world that hates everything that God stands for. It's a strange country. But I like how Hebrews 11 verse 12, 10 tells us uh, that Abraham, he looked for a city. And as we're sojourning on this uh, strange land, on this, this wicked earth, we too are to be looking for a heavenly city. And if we do this, it will be much easier to live by faith if we look to Christ. But you know, in the, in the Christian life, and, and look, also in the church, sometimes God will send us into situations that we don't understand. And a lot of you are here in that, you're in that situation right now. You're in a spot where you don't get it, you don't understand. He did this with Abraham, he did this with Noah, he did this with many others, but in the midst of all that, he wants us to live by faith. And when we live by faith, it is then that we're going to see his hand at work. And if God calls you, or this church, to step out and do something, even if it doesn't add up, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you don't want to, then obey God. Obey God and see what he will do. Now, this whole thing with Abraham in Genesis 12, it teaches us that faith really is often a journey into the unknown. Abraham didn't know where he was going. And sometimes that's how it is with us. We, we also learn that, that living by faith comes at a cost. Look, Abraham had to leave everything that he ever knew. To follow God. And, and sometimes that's what happens. And living by faith comes at a cost. And we also learn from this that we don't always know and get all the details. Abraham had no idea what was going to happen. But at the same time, we also know that obedience brings blessings. God told Abraham, go and do this. Abraham obeyed and he truly did bless him, didn't he? And look, Abraham wasn't some poor guy living in a cardboard box. He was blessed physically and spiritually. Now, one of my favorite actions of faith in the Bible, we're not going to go there, but is, is Matthew chapter 14, verses 26 to 32. You remember when Peter, when he stepped out on that, off that boat, and he went out and he walked on that water? You know, we often give Peter a really hard time for losing his faith uh, and sinking. But guess what, church? At least he stepped out. At least he had the faith to get out of the boat. That, had that took tremendous faith. And Jesus said to Peter, he said, come. And it was then that Peter had to make a decision. Do I obey Christ by faith or do I not? And as he stepped out, he, he, he was able to do something that nobody else had ever done, and that is walk on water. Can you imagine that? Uh, he, and had he not stepped out, he never would have experienced such a great miracle. He never would have had that happen. And likewise, church, when we don't obey God by faith, and we don't step out when he tells us to, we are going to miss out on some great things that he wants us to experience and what he wants us to see. And again, we know that Peter, as he, he, he got scared, as he looked at the wind and he looked at the waves and everything that was crashing all around him, he took his eyes off Jesus, and it was then that he began to fail. And that right there just speaks to the fact of why it's important that we need to keep our eyes on Christ because that is how we walk by faith. I like what one pastor said. He said that faith only glances at the problems and gazes upon Jesus. That's so true. So to live daily by faith, we're going to wrap this up, church, but to live daily by faith, we need to be in prayer. We need to be in Scripture. We, we should have times where we're fasting. Look, you, you need God to give you guidance fast. Isaiah 53 talks a lot about that. We need to, to be in church. We need to be close to God so that we can really and truly walk by 
faith. And, you know, there are so many examples of people in the Bible that obeyed God by faith. Hebrews 11 talks about them. Joshua, Rahab, of all people, right? There's so many people that walked by faith. Nehemiah, he had the faith to build. Uh, Again, Peter uh, and Noah uh, and Abraham, they had the faith to do what God called them to do. So tonight, I just want you to consider, what does this church need to have faith in God to do? If God was was to... Call us to step out by faith and to do something by faith. Would we be ready to do it? But also consider, what is it that you need to have faith in God to do in your life? I've already mentioned some things. Maybe you're tonight you're, you're holding back in some area. You know what you need to do. You know how to live by faith, but you're holding back. Whatever it is, wherever God leads us, then yield to God and commit to living for Him by faith. Live by this book. Live by the word of God. This is how God speaks to us. This right here is the primary way that we live by faith, by reading and heeding the word of God. So let's live by faith. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight.